Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Point number six, and finally, it says, I have attached my future. I have attached my future. Look at it again in verse six. Look at those last few words in verse six. And he shall serve him for how long? Forever. Listen, when the master drove that all through the ear, it went into the doorpost. And for a moment, for that moment, the slave was literally pinned to the master's house and his destiny was tied to that house and to that master's destiny. And the good of the house was the servant's number one concern. It was his life. The master would put an earring in the ear as a sign of the commitment for better or for worse. The servant is saying, I'm here. My future is attached to this house. My future is attached to the master. You understand? And they would wear earrings in their ears. Now, today, people wear earrings in their ears because it looks cool. And, and, and some, they think it looks cool, whatever. But in the Bible, when men walked around with earrings in their ears, everybody knew that person is a doulos, is a bondservant. If you're still listening, say amen. This is huge. Now, With that being said, listen, this is also a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ, who is the perfect servant, who had his ear pierced, if you will. Jesus was a servant to the father. Jesus was a doulos in that, listen, he chose to be a servant because he loved his wife. Who would that be, saints? the church and he loved his kids. He had his ear pierced. How do you know, Rodney? Psalm 40 verse six through nine reads this sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened or pierced burn offering and sin offering you did not require. And then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book or the volume of the book It is written of me again in Isaiah chapter 50, verse five. The Lord God has opened or what saints pierced my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You see, listen, Jesus first coming. He didn't come as a king to be served. He came as a servant to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians chapter two Verse five through eight, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. There's the word saints and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Listen, because Jesus loved his master, because Jesus loved his wife, he went to the doorpost. The doorpost speaks of the cross. And when they nailed him to the doorpost, are you following? His blood was shed on the wood, on the doorpost, on the cross. His blood stained the wood, just like the servant's blood in our story, in our text, would stain the doorpost of the house. Do you understand? In type and in picture. Very important. So Jesus became a servant, and not only did Jesus become a servant to his father, who loved his wife, who loved his kids, but he also like the doulos in our story, became a servant forever. What do you mean, Rodney? Because the Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. He became a servant forever. You see, and Jesus, I mean, you want to get a picture of a servant. Jesus is the full picture, and he goes all the way and leads the way with this whole servant idea. Don't you remember in John chapter 13, as Jesus is gathered in the upper room with the disciples and they came for lunch, you know the story. They came in for lunch and nobody washed their feet, which was a very important thing in that culture because when you ate in that culture, you would recline. As a matter of fact, in many countries today and even in Israel today, in some of our trips, we've gone into homes and when they sit down to eat, they would sit back and recline and they would put their feet up. And it was important when you come into somebody's house that you got your feet washed because let's just say if your feet, somebody's feet is in your face while you're trying to eat, that doesn't really make for good ambiance. If you're with me, say amen. So Jesus comes in, they come in for lunch, nobody washed their feet. And what does the Bible tell us that Jesus did? He got up, he took a towel, he put it over his arm. He took a basin, put some water in it. The Bible tells us that he went around and he washed the disciples' feet. Listen, and when he got finished, he said, fellas, I've got something to say. John chapter 13, verse 14, Jesus went on to say, if I then have washed your feet, so you ought also to wash one another's feet. Can you think about that? Can you wrap your mind around this? The God of all creation Jesus Christ himself comes to the earth, takes on the form of a servant. God in the flesh is lowering himself to do a task. Are you listening? To do a task in the home, which is the lowest task in the home, washing people's feet. God, all powerful, almighty, lowers himself to wash the feet of the disciples and not only wash the feet of the disciples, but also wash the feet of Judas right, who he knew was going to betray him. You want a picture of servanthood. You look to Jesus. 
Next time you want to complain about servanthood, you look to Jesus. I mean, if God can come down and serve us, man, what can we not do in the church? Why? We can't go over to nursery and change poopy diapers? Well, I just don't do that. That's just I'm just not called to do that. Listen, you don't have to be anointed to change poopy diapers. I just don't feel the anointing. No, but when you start changing them, you will. (laughs) You see, Jesus humbled himself. He is the perfect servant. Now in verse 7 through 11. Listen, listen, look at verse 7. If a man sells his daughter to be a female slave. Now, ladies, look, this is in the Bible. I didn't write this, okay? Because I know y'all can't even relate to this, right? You can't even relate, but but, but you come a long way, baby. It's it's right here in the Bible. Now, we just read it. Listen, generally the father, let me capsize this. Generally the father would sell the daughter usually for a lot of money. And then the father would then take that money and invest it for the daughter, just in case the master let her go, because she wouldn't be a virgin anymore and desirable to the second husband. And so the dad would give her the investment money. So if a man sells his daughter in the seventh year, we just read it in verses seven through 11, she shall go out as the men do. She shall not go out as the men do. And if she does, doesn't please the guy who bought her, The dad could then buy her back, but the man couldn't sell her to a strange nation. That's very, very important. If a man buys your daughter and they decide to get and he decides to get another wife, he just couldn't get rid of the first wife. He has still had to take care of, you know, both wives. Now, beginning in verse 12, notice God then begins to give the law for premeditated murder. Look in verse 12. He who strikes a man so that he does, so that he dies, shall surely be put to death. However, if he did not lie in wait, but God delivered him, that's an interesting way to say it, but God delivered him into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place where he may flee. But if a man acts with premeditation in verse 14 against his neighbor to kill him by treachery, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. And he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Oh, my goodness. Verse 16. He who kidnaps a man and sells him or if he is found in his hand shall surely be put to death. And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And if men contend with each other and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist and he does not die, but is confined to his bed. If he rises again and walks, walks about outside with his staff, then he who struck him shall be acquitted. He shall only pay for the loss of time, almost like workman's comp. This is like the first mention of workman's comp in the Bible. It's in there and shall provide for him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man beats his male or female servant with a rod so that he dies under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Notwithstanding, if he remains alive a day or two, he shall not be punished for he is his property. If men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, 
He shall surely be punished accordingly as the woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. For if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. If a man strikes the eye of his male or female servant and destroys it, he shall let him go free for the sake of his eye. And if he knocks out the tooth of his male or female servant, he shall let him go free for the sake of his tooth. I mean, that's one way to get freedom. Yeah, go ahead and knock that tooth out right there and then I'm, then I'm, then I'm out of here. Go ahead and do it. So notice now, look at verse 12 again. In your Bibles, look at verse 12 again. It says, if you kill someone on purpose, you will surely be put to death. But if you kill someone and it wasn't planned, then you can flee to, remember we talked about this, the city of refuge. Remember we talked about that? And that was one of the cities that God set up where you could run to if there was an accident or you, you murdered somebody, you were just walking along and y'all were talking and say you slapped them on the shoulder. You guys were laughing. You slapped them on the shoulder. He tripped. He fell. He hit his head on a rock and he died. How likely is that to happen? I mean, probably not. But if it did happen, well, then that's an accident. And the Bible says that then you could then flee to the city of refuge and you had to stay in the city of refuge until... Uh, all the family members died because they had a right to get revenge or until the high priest died and then you were free to leave the city of refuge. So if the murder was involuntary, there was a place to flee. But if it was intentional murder, then there was no refuge for him. He was to die. Here we have another example. Are you listening of capital punishment? Remember the sixth commandment. I'm not going to go over that tonight, but you remember the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not murder. Remember, we talked about that. God allows killing, but God doesn't allow murder. Remember, killing speaks of moral justification, killing in defense or killing in war. Murder is the taking of life without legal or moral justification. So if you intentionally kill someone, you would die according to verse 14. Notice in verse 15 in your Bibles, if you hit your mom or your dad, you will be put to death by Pastor Rodney. I mean, no, I'm, you will be put to death. Uh, it, it, well, yeah, well, it, it, if my kids, I don't, don't tell them what would happen. I just don't have that. I mean, parents say amen. I just don't have that. And I've seen that. I've seen that in the supermarket. Kids can't get the Fruit Loops and they just go off on mom and dad. I'm like, what is this? I want to walk up to them and go, hey, would you like me to take care of that for you? I'm a... <laughs> Parents wave at me. Let me know you're still breathing. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't having that. What is that? No. If you kidnap a man, look at verse 16. If you kidnap a man and sell him, you will be put to death. Man, isn't that something? I was looking at a wall yesterday of missing people. Isn't that something? I mean, just people missing, kidnap a man. Look at verse 17. If you curse your mom and dad, you will be put to death. If a man is arguing in verse 19 and one hits the other and he is hurt and he doesn't die, then the other man shall provide for him. Look at verse 20. If a man beats his male female slave 
and he dies, you shall be punished. Remember, under Roman law, we talked about this in the book of Romans. A man could do whatever he wanted to do with a slave. A man could sell a slave for a pack of gum and, and kill him because he was property. But if a man beats his servant and he dies a few days later, meaning it wasn't an intentional death, well, there's no punishment for that. He suffers the loss. Notice in verse 22 through 27, we just read it. If two men are fighting and a pregnant woman gets involved in the struggle and she gives birth to a baby born prematurely, if the child lives, the husband and a judge could determine a fair price to be paid for the trauma. If the mother or the baby dies, the person who caused the problem will repay with his life. God says, verse 23 in your Bibles, life for life. In other words, listen close. God considers unborn children living in the womb life. And I don't care what anybody says. That's what God says. If a baby or a mom loses an eye, then eye for an eye, hand for a hand, foot for a foot, burning for burning. Understand something here, saints. God isn't giving them, you know, the right to get revenge. That's not God's point here. God's point here is that the, the, that the punishment should fit the crime. That's God's point. I mean, let's get clear. The laws are for the judges. Remember we read it in verse 1? It's for the judges, not for the average people. God is not telling the average person an eye for an eye. So if somebody does something to you, you do something to them. Because then God would be setting up the Hatfields and the McCoys for the whole world. And you did something to me, I'm going to do, do something to you. You know, you shot my paw, I'm going to shoot your ma and your paw. And that's, not, that's not what God's doing. God's saying the punishment should fit the crime. Look at verse 28. I'm going to read it and wrap it up in verse 28. If you're looking at it, say amen. If an ox gores a man or a woman to death, then the ox shall surely be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten. But the owner of the ox shall be acquitted. But if the ox in verse 29 tended to thrust with its horn in times past, and it has been made known to his owner, and he has not kept it confined so that it has killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner shall also be put to death. And if there is imposed on him a sum of money, then he shall pay to redeem his life whatever is imposed on him, whether it is gored, whether it has gored a son or gored a daughter, according to his judgment. It shall be done to him. And if the ox gores a male or a female servant, he shall give to their master. Interesting. 30 shekels of silver. Does that sound familiar, saints? And the ox shall be stoned. And if a man opens a pit or if a man digs a pit and does not cover it and an ox or a donkey falls in it, the owner of the pit shall make it good. He shall give money to their owner but the dead animals shall be his. If one man's ox hurts another so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and divide the money from it and the dead ox they shall also divide. Or if it was known that the ox tended to thrust in time past and its owner has not kept it confined, he shall surely pay ox for ox and the dead animal shall be his own. Stop right there before you shut your Bibles. Notice if an ox scores a man or a woman to death, they shall put the ox to death 
and they were not to eat the ox. The owner was to be acquitted. If the owner knew that the ox was mean and goring, gouging, biting, running its horns through the neighbors, and he doesn't do anything about it, and this evil ox kills someone, the Bible says the ox shall be stoned and the owner shall be stoned because they are such good buddies. And, and, then, the, and then the other person had the right, notice the Bible says, to say, okay, I'll take 50,000 money, whatever, in place of my husband's death. Look at verse 32 in your Bibles. It's very interesting. The price of a gourd slave was how many pieces of silver, saints? 30. Remember, Judas betrayed who? Jesus, who was the gourd servant, pierced, run through servant of the Lord, and he was betrayed, Jesus, for how many pieces of silver? Three zero. Very interesting. Verse 33. If a man digs a pit and doesn't cover it and the animal falls into the pit, the owner of the pit shall make it good and the dead animal can be barbecued. Verse 35, if one man's ox hurts another man's ox so that it dies and the ox that is alive shall be sold and the money shall be divided and the dead ox shall be divided. And are you looking at verse 35? The dead ox shall be divided and they can have barbecue. And then in verse 36, if you knew your ox was dangerous and your ox killed the neighbors, then you could pay your neighbors for the ox, but you got to keep the dead ox and you could have barbecue. <laughs> Very good. It's in the Bible. The thing that we can learn, I'm going to wrap it up here, that we can learn from this. And as I was, listen to me, as I was kind of going over this and trying to wrap it up. You know what this whole chapter kind of spoke to me, and perhaps maybe to you? God is into details. Did you know that God is into the very, very, very small things that we think are insignificant? It's a very detailed chapter. And God is into the details. The Bible tells us, and Jesus told us, to look at the birds of the air, for neither they sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds the little birds of the air. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you worrying can add one cubic to your stature? You know, God, listen, saints, isn't a distant God. Amen? God isn't distant he is near and he's interested in people's lives. That's why the Bible says that Jesus came down and became human flesh and he walked among us because he's interested in the details of our lives. He held little children on his lap. He's interested in small things. He dealt with a woman taken in the act of adultery and he forgave her. He fed hungry multitudes. He opened the eyes of the blind. He taught us how to love one another. And ultimately, the Bible says that Jesus stretched out his arms on a wooden cross and he hung in our place. Jesus is concerned about our lives. He loves us so much. Here we have a God who is speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai and the mountain is shaking. We just talked about it. The ground is shaking the sound of the trumpet and the fire and majestic and all of these things are going on. And God worries about the tooth of a servant, the tooth of a servant. That tells us you should know tonight 
whatever you're going through, God is aware. God knows. God is into the details. Every, the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head. God counts them. For some of us, it doesn't take him as long to count. But, but, but he, knows, he knows the number of the hairs on our head. God is in the details. And God loves us. And I thank God for that. I thank him that he loves us. He cares for us. He's into what we're doing. Concerned about where we are in our lives spiritually. Concerned about what's going on in your life. Whatever you're going through, you take it to the Lord in prayer. He knows about it. And God is listening. He's into the details. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.